so how many guys are having a pretty good summer? You guys having a good summer? Yeah, yeah. Uh, how many guys know what happens in the summertime? What, what, what happens to the weather? It gets, it gets hot. So <laughs> uh, I, I figured out, I was writing my notes out, and I sent them to our awesome secretary, Ann Houston. And uh, yeah, isn't she awesome? I, I love, I love our, she is, she is so precious to my heart. And uh, so I sent my notes and I said, you know, at first I was like, wherever you travel and, and throughout the world, it gets hot, you know? And she's like, um, hold on a second. <laughs> it doesn't get hot everywhere. She doesn't talk like that. I'm just talking like, cause I just, I want to be geeky. <laughs> and she said, actually, with the, with, the, with the northern equator, it actually gets hotter there. And then in the southern equator, southern hemisphere, it gets kind of cold. And I was like, she doesn't talk like that, y'all. I'm just joking. But uh, so in the northern hemisphere, like it actually, everything gets steaming hot. Uh, we actually went to Guatemala uh, about two weeks ago. And when we went there, we had an Arizona team that came along with us. And they're... Their weather out, out there, how many guys have seen the weather out there? They have had some record heat, heat indexes, which reached, I think, about 120 degrees, which is crazy, thinking about that. And I have some friends out there that, that have actually put up a meme that, uh, that said, if I hear another, oh, that's just dry heat, I'm going to punch them straight in the face. Because, <laughs> you know, what we experience here is a lot of, what, humidity. So, uh, you know, as pa- I was actually in the wedding that Pastor Mitch uh, did this past Thursday, actually Friday, with how many guys love Ashley and, and Rocky? That's a drummer. You guys appreciate them. They got married this past this past Friday. Just such a awesome, awesome couple. And so when we were in the the rehearsal on Thursday, you know the sun was beating down. It was an outside wedding, and we were just sweating. And we, we were in our shorts and in a T-shirt and stuff. So we, we weren't even in, in our tuxedos or nothing. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, it's got to be at least 95. So I look at my watch, and it was 84 degrees. And I was like, there's no way. So with taking the heat index, it felt like it was about 95. To me, it felt like it was 100 degrees. And so, um, so like, I, I've actually preached this sermon uh, this would be the third time that I preached it in the past two uh, two months. Uh, the first time I preached it was at uh, our, our 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 youth meeting from like four to seven by, about a month ago, and uh, it, it was just a, a big hit. And so Danny Miha, which is the leader of our mission trip in Guatemala, he was there. He said, "Hey man, he said, I want you to preach uh, whenever you come." This is about a week before. Uh, we go down and I was like, oh man, I just wanted to take my kids, sit back, relax, let them tell their testimony and just be happy. And he's like, no, you're going to preach uh, the first night. And I was like, yay. And so I just prayed. I said, God, what, what do you want me to do? He said, I want you to do this, uh, this sermon. And I said, okay, all right. And I was told that it was going to be a youth service. So we get there <laughs> and the, probably 95% were adults and all the youth were like on the front row, which was like 20. And I was like, okay, God, you're going to have to, we're going to have to change some things up with my sermon. So uh, it, it was awesome. Had a lot of people come to God. And then like pastor asked me to preach again. And I was like, man, I just got back. And the Holy Spirit was like, preach it again. And so it's bore some really good fruit. So uh, tonight we're going to be talking, today we're going to be talking about what is your heat index. All right. And so my question to you is, What's your heat index? Is the summertime a time when everything in your life gets hotter except your relationship with God? Okay? 
Or does the summer only fuel your passion for your relationship with God? If your relation, if you're not more on fire for God right now than you've ever been before in your entire life, it may be a time to reevaluate some things in your life and your relationship with God. So I, 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 can, I, can I be honest? Like I'm going to hit with a power punch at first, but at, by the end, you're going to be like, oh, God really, Cameron really does love me. Okay, so we're going to go, <laughs> I promise it's going to get better. So let's go to Revelations three fifteen through 16. All right. It says, I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish that you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. Woo! Like, <laughs> like this is one of those verses that kind of really makes you kind of squirm in your seat, kind of makes you kind of feel uncomfortable. And honestly, it should, because all of us, need to kind of think about this. Like, God, am I, like, am I about, like, do you want to vomit me out of your mouth? Like, this is a pretty strong, this isn't revelations. This is like the end of times, man. And, and so God's like, hey, I, I would rather you be cold or hot. In this, in this, in this lukewarm state of, of, of spiritual being, I'm going to vomit you out of my mouth. So, I want you to be completely honest with yourself here. Let's really uh, think about this. God is saying that he would rather you be completely cold than to be lukewarm. My next statement is he would rather you want nothing to do with him than to say you're a follower of his and then live a lukewarm life. Isn't that interesting? God was saying, hey, I'd rather you not follow me or then claim to follow me and just live a lukewarm life. So um, it's a pretty scary word. So in so let's sum this up. Um, God would rather you be completely cold than lukewarm. And if you choose to live a lukewarm life, he says that he will vomit you out of his mouth. Um, God, the God, the good and holy God who created the world will vomit you out of his mouth. So it's pretty, some, some pretty serious stuff that we're, we're talking about. So what does lukewarm look like? Let's go to the definition of lukewarm. It says uh, lukewarm is defined in the dictionary as only moderately warm. I don't know how many guys have ever, how many guys like coffee? All right, coffee lovers, hot chocolate. Everybody likes hot chocolate. How many of you guys like neither? Oh gosh, Gloria, why do you got to be half and half? Are you lukewarm? No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I love Gloria. She's one of my youth. I can pick on her. I can pick on her. But how many of you have ever had like a lukewarm or maybe tea, if you like tea, something that, you know, you've set aside, you've got, our coffee team is amazing. Give it up for our coffee team. They have our coffee piping hot. But some of you, you know, you've, you fix your coffee in the morning, you've set it aside, you've kind of checked Facebook, you've checked your, you know, Instagram, or you've spent an hour with God, right? And then you kind of, you look at your, oh man, I totally forgot about my coffee. So you get it and you're like, it's, it's lukewarm. How many of you guys have ever had like a lukewarm cup of coffee, lukewarm cup of tea? It's really, really nasty, right? All right. So that's what, that's what lukewarm is being. So if you think about your life and you think, man, I'm, I'm, I'm not on fire, but I'm kind of like in this state of mind where I, I don't really talk about God everywhere. I go to church and I talk about God. I live, I live my Christian life every once in a while but I'm not like completely on fire for God. Now guys, listen, I had to preach this to myself and God had to convict me. So I'm not, I'm not coming at you saying you need to be home. God had to kind of get this through me 
to get to you as well. So today is the day for you to be extremely honest with yourself. Would you, would you describe your passion for and relationship with Jesus as only moderately warm? If the answer is yes, then most, the most important thing in your life right now needs to figure out how to get out of that moderately warm state of spiritual being, okay? And be completely on passion, completely passionate in your relationship with Jesus. So let's talk about two different kinds of Christians, all right? Which one are you? Number one, there's only, there's only two. Number one is the river Christian. How many of you guys know what a river is? All right, it can, it can come from the mountain, of, you know, from the top of a mountain, all right? How many of you guys have been to the mountains where you've kind of gotten to a stream and it's ice cold because it's, you know, the elevation is up, the snow, you know, it's, it's really, really cold. But as you see, there's, there's a destination and it can go from the mountaintop all the way down the mountain and it has a destination. What is that destination? The ocean. You guys are good. All right. Awesome. So there's a destination with a stream and with a river. Um, and are you living your life with a destiny? Okay. Um, and the, it has a destination, which is the ocean, teeming with life. All right. And this last part is pretty interesting. Is attractive to those who are thirsty for life. Now, are you living your life in a way that's attracting people that don't have life? Are you attracting people that don't know and are thirsty for the gospel of Jesus in your workplace, in your home? Because it doesn't matter if you're a pastor or a leader. Every person in this room has somebody that's looking up to them, whether it's a relative, whether it's your child, whether it's, uh, you know, your grandma, like whatever it is, somebody is looking to you. And are they looking to you and saying, hey, this person is going somewhere. I'm going to follow after them. I'm thirsty for what, whatever whatever's going on in their life. I want to follow them because life breeds from them. Okay? Now, number two is the swamp Christian. Now, what, what's, what's, uh, what is involved with a swamp? Okay? There's, there's no, there's no des- destination. It's just a body of water that just sits. It's stagnant. Smells horrible, <laughs> breeds mosquitoes, and whatever, whatever life is in there is just nasty, algae, ugh, gross. There's no outlet. There's no destiny. And so if you think about that, um, are, you, are you stagnant? Um, are, you repulsive? Are, are you repulsive to people? And do you breed, not breed mosquitoes? Hopefully you don't like breed mosquitoes around. Like, oh, mosquitoes are following me. <laughs> But in your spiritual walk, are people even following you? All right? Do you have a destination? Is your destination Jesus? Are you following it? Are you completely in love with God? When people look at you, are they following you to Jesus? Does Jesus even come up in your conversation? Because if you're on fire for God, guess what? It's going gonna, it's gonna to come out of everything you are. People are going to notice there's something different about Joshua. There's something different about David. I want to go wherever he's at, man, I'm going with him because he's going somewhere. You got to be teeming with life, all right? So, <clears throat> most of us, how many of you guys have already taken a vacation? You guys taking a vacation? I need one, y'all. I need to, <laughs> I, yeah, Lindy's like, yes, we do. I, my main focus, y'all, has been mega sports camp because I was like you know, one of the lead coaches for, uh, for that. And that was a whole week. And then after that, we went straight to Guatemala for about 15 days. So my mind's been, uh, it's been, 
It's, <laughs> it's been mega sports camp. And actually, my anniversary was right before I went. To, so that was, that was on my mind. And then I went straight to uh, Guatemala. So my focus has been on other things. And so I haven't t- taken the time to kind of really relax. I think I'm going to probably take a vacation in August. But when you take a vacation, do you spend most of your time rejuvenating, re- rejuvenating physically? I mean, a lot of us like to go to the beach. A lot of us like to go maybe to the mountains, kind of sit back, enjoy a cup of coffee in the morning, enjoy like the scenery and stuff. And we concentrate on resting our bodies, but do we concentrate on rejuvenating our spiritual walk with God as well? I know a lot of pastors, I need to get away and get out of the hustle and bustle of daily life to get alone with God and, and, you know, enjoy his creation. But I find rest and I have to get away on vacation to rejuvenate not only my physical body, but I need to rejuvenate my spiritual walk as well. And so my, my question to you is when you take a vacation, do you take a vacation, vacation from your spiritual walk as well? Whenever you go on, do you just concentrate on just, you know, resting physically or do you take advantage of the summertime of vacation and rejuvenate spiritually as well? We need to be doing both. All right. So um, example of this is when I went to Guatemala about two weeks ago, um, we went into, uh, it's called the Highlands. I can't remember exactly the town, but we, we spent about four days of our uh, first few days in the mountains uh, campaigning and ministering to like 14 different schools. And over 900 people came to know Jesus through those four days of campaign. And some, I mean, I would say most of us felt really good those four days. And then when we came down the mountain into uh, Sheila, uh, the elevation was low. And for some reason, about 20 of our teams, including the Arizona team, we got hit hard with some kind of sickness, some kind of like bacteria or whatever. And I would say about 20 of us were on our back for about two days, right? And so um, the first day we came back, I had this piercing like migraine. I'm, guys, I've never had a migraine my entire life. I don't wish upon my, my worst enemy. I sat there and even this was at night. There was a, a light. Uh, fluorescent light that was out on the outside and I couldn't shut the, the shade. So I slept with a pillow over my face. And I was just like, I am in so much pain. And I, on top of that, I felt nauseous. My throat was hurting. I called Lindy, you know, <laughs> I'm so tired. I want to go. I was, man, I was feeling horrible. <laughs> did I do that? I did. No, maybe I didn't. I did, y'all. I was crying, man. I miss Lindy, man. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I, when you feel bad, you just want your wife. You want your family there. So I'm just being open. And uh, those, 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 those first two days where I felt horrible, I was praying to God. I was like, God, help me feel better. But honestly, I didn't, I didn't draw from the Holy Spirit like I needed to. And so we get on the bus on the, after that second, I think it was on Tuesday. We're heading to Antigua. Uh, going back uh, to Guatemala City to get on the plane to go home. And we were, we were on the bus. And uh, when you feel horrible, the last thing you want to be on is, is on a bus, a hot bus that has no air condition, okay? And then there's bumping, there's bumps and all that stuff. Jenna, whoo, Jenna, yes, she was feeling pretty bad too. And so I was sitting there, my head was, was hurting, my throat was sore. And you know, me, I'm outgoing and like everybody was joking around and I had jokes in my head and I just wanted to say them, but I, my throat was like, and so I was like, everybody was like, you want to, you want to engage in some jokes, right? I was like, yes, I do. But I, I felt so horrible. So I just, I sat there and one of my, one of my students, Millie, she was sitting beside me 
And I just put my head down, put my earphones in, and I listened, y'all, I just, I get along with God. I listened to, to Christian metal. And for some reason, I just, <laughs> I was like, God was speaking to me. He said, you need to rejuvenate your spirit in me. You've been concentrating on your physical body, rejuvenate, but you haven't drawn from my love. You haven't drawn from my spirit. You need me. And I was convicted. And I just, I would have my eyes closed, my, my shades on. And I just said, God, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry that I, I didn't, I didn't invite your love into me. And I just, I started praying in the spirit and I just boohooed, man. Millie had no idea that I was, I was boohooing my eyes out because I had my, my sunglasses. I was just like, you know, I was just, man, I was going at it. And I tell you what, man, after about 20 minutes of just spending a long time in the bus, cramped and it was hot and it was humid and it was nasty, I felt like a million bucks. And after that, about midway, we got out, we got in the, the gas station, you know, used the bathroom and stuff like that. And I came out and I started, I mean, my throat felt so much better. And he said, see, I was waiting on you. <laughs> I was here the whole time. And he said, you just need to draw from my love. Man, you need me. And, you know, and it was just like, you don't have to be in a special spot to spend time with God. You don't have to be in a special, you know, setting with, you know, yes, God is here. God is everywhere. God is on a bus in the, in the middle of Antigua. God, God is everywhere. And he wants us to draw from him, draw from his love because we need it to sustain our life, to get out of that lukewarm and not get in that lukewarm state of mind. Because honestly, y'all, like my flesh was like, I want to go home. I want to go home now. My flesh was like, I just, I'm tired. My body hurts. Everything hurts. And then God was like, I died for you. I, I, I sent my son to, to, to put stripes on his back so you can have healing. Draw from me. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. It, it, God is so good. So um, if you feel like that you're stuck in a lukewarm area of your walk with God, you need to realize that it's a very serious and a very scary place to be. Okay? You need to realize that now is the time to get out of that place. So how do you start? I'm going to give you some, some tips. How to get out of being lukewarm in your relationship with God. Number one, super easy. Get excited. I know that seems so like easy, but get excited about all the things that God has done for you. Get excited about how amazing he is. Get excited about how much he loves you. If you can think of all God has done for you without getting excited, then you probably need to read the Bible all over again. Okay? Or truly sit down and think about what God has done in your life. All right, so last night, Lindy has no idea I was going to use her as a sermon illustration, but here we go. <laughs> I was getting ready for bed, and I was, I was going to sleep, and I just, I, I hear Lindy just writing down like a book. Like she was just scribbling down, and I thought she was like planning the end of the world or something, because she kept going for about 15 minutes. I was like, Hey, babe, what, what, are you, what are you doing? I'm trying to sleep over here, but I mean, what, what, are, you, what are you doing? <laughs> and she said, your mom, which I'm, y'all, I'm living with my mother right now. We're trying to sell our house because we have another house we're, that's going to be built. And so, yeah, that's a lot of stress. So anyways, we're, we're living with my mom. And so she's, my mom said, for some reason, I felt compelled to put notebooks in, in the side drawer of Lindy's, um, of Lindy's drawer. And... She said, I don't know why, but for some reason I didn't. So she, last night, she was sitting scribbling 
all the good things and the plans that God has kind of given her to write down and the good things that God has done in her life because we tend to forget a lot of, of good that God has done in our life. And so I was just like, I was impressed. I was like, man, like she comes alive at night. I don't, I, I, I come alive in the morning, but it was just so cool. Like seeing God work in her and through her that she was writing down the, the good things that God has and the plans that God has for her and the, the, the ideas that God has put into her mind. And I suggest that for everyone to get a notebook, to get a, a document, maybe in Google Docs, to write down the good things that God has done in your life, whether it be scripture, uh, whatever. The, everyone is here. Everyone is breathing. Everyone has their heart beating, okay? First of all, you have life. You've got to be thankful for life. And just what, what, uh, what uh, Pastor Josh said, like, there's so many things that God has kept us from that we don't even know. And there's certain things we can look back and you're like, oh man, God, you were there. Guys, I'm telling you, if it wasn't for God's grace, I would not be here. There, was, there have been two years in a row, God, God tried, I mean, the devil tried to take my life. I'm talking one year to the date, I was in the hospital twice. And so if it wasn't for God's grace, like some of us, we can look back, you're like, by God's grace, that accident, Man, it would have been like God's hand was totally there. I should have been dead. You know, I should be in a loony bin right now, but by God's grace. So we, we can look back and say, God, I thank you for this. I thank you for that. And that being thankful and being excited about what God is doing currently in your life, or what God has done in your life can keep you out of that lukewarm state of being. Okay. So number two, let's examine the fruit of our life. Okay. What I mean by that is examine the things and the, the, the productivity of your life. Let's, let's go to uh, Psalms 1, 2 through 3. It says, but they delight, this is David speaking, but they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They are like trees planted along the riverbank. Listen right here, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither and they, they prosper in all they do. Okay? So David's saying, you know what? If you're bearing fruit, there's something that you, you're, you're, there's a good root system. So my next statement is, if you're not bearing fruit, there's a root problem. No fruit, look at the root, all right? And so if you're not producing love, how many guys know, how many guys know the fruit of the Spirit? Can I say it with me? Love, joy, peace, patience. Y'all are good. Goodness faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Yes. So examine your life saying, you know what? Do I love people? I'm going to talk about love real quick. Uh, Because if we don't have love, all of this, all the other fruits will not exist. Okay. So Matthew 24, 3, it says, later, Jesus sat on the Mount of Olives. His disciples came to him privately and said, Tell us when all this will happen. What sign will signal your return and the end of the world? So these disciples are saying, hey, you know what? Like, what's the sign that the end of the world is about to come? Whenever, what are the signs that you're going to be coming back again? Okay. And so Matthew 24, 10 through 12, it says, And many will turn away from me and betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and will deceive many people. Sin will be rampant everywhere. And the love of many 
will grow cold. And so a sure sign of fruit in your life is the, is the way you love people. Now, not people that love you back. Maybe people that hate you, that despise you, that gossip about you. How do you think about them? What about people in general? When you're walking around at your workplace, if you're walking around in public, do you look at people through the eyes of Jesus? Do you say, man, I don't even know that person, but I have so much love for that person because God's love is inside of me. I don't know them. I have no idea what their history is, but I have so much love for that person right there. And sometimes the Holy Spirit can kind of come upon you and, and, and you do something compulsive out of the Holy Spirit because you have so much love. Now think about that. Do you love people? Do you love the, or is your love growing cold towards people? Do you look at everybody as an enemy? They're out to get me. Okay. If you see that you're seeing yourself and you're seeing life through the lens of the enemy, you need to start saying, seeing life through the eyes of the Holy Spirit and through the father, because he loves everyone. He loves his creation. And so are you bearing fruit? Okay. Um, John 13, 35, your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Can I just say something? You, every person in this room is a billboard and an advertisement for the gospel and the love of Jesus Christ. And the way we love each other will show the lost what we're made of and will show the lost the love of Jesus Christ. So if we're not loving each other, if we're backbiting, we're gossiping against each other, we're tearing each other down, in front or behind closed doors, and other people are seeing this, the lost are going to be saying, what is different about them? Nothing. I see that in my workplace every single day. I don't want to have anything to do with Christianity. They're nothing but a bunch of hypocrites. I mean, our reputation in Christianity is mostly, oh man, they're nothing but a bunch of hypocrites because I see them here and then I see them here and they're a completely different person. Okay. So if we aren't loving one another, we allow the enemy to rip down the advertisement billboard of the gospel of Jesus Christ in our life. Okay. Number three, set aside time daily to talk to God about everything in your life. Okay. Hebrews 4, 16 says, so let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. And then Exodus uh, thirty three eleven says, inside the tent of meeting, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face. That's pretty amazing. As one speaks to a friend. Can I just let you know that God sees you and wants to be your best friend. He wants to speak to you face to face. That's why Jesus died on the cross to, to have, so that we can have a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit. Okay, face to face. Okay, so right now, there are some things in my life, personal life, that I've never dealt with selling a house. Y'all, y'all probably, maybe some of you have sold like 10, 15 houses or maybe three or four. Selling a house is not a big deal. Selling a house is a huge deal to me, okay? First of all, I don't have my earthly father here to like guide me and say, hey, this is what you need to do. I'm literally letting the Holy Spirit guide me. This is, this is something that I, I, it's been like kind of a burden on me. And you know when in the morning, like the enemy likes to come up and say, you need to pay this. You need to pay this. You know what this, 
And he loves to do that early in the morning, right when you wake up. So this morning, the enemy did that. He was just like, you know, this is coming up. This bill's coming up, you know, and you have this in your account. This is, this, you know, and before I even set my foot on the carpet, I just said, Holy Spirit, I give you this issue. I give you this issue. I give you this issue. This is on my heart. This is what the enemy is trying to put in my mind right now. I lay it at your feet. It's not my problem. It is your problem. I'm done. I'm telling you. And it felt like a huge weight. I would say about a 200 pound weight that was on me this morning just went and fell off. There's some things in your life that if God doesn't show up, there's some serious consequences and it's been on you. It's been on your back. It's in your mind. It's tormenting you. And the Holy Spirit is saying, I want those problems. I need, I need you to give me those. You're wearing them too much. Lay them at my feet because I don't want you to have to wear them. I don't want you to have to bear them. The Holy Spirit is here. If, if you, you got to tell him about everything. If you're, if you're holding on to things in your life, you're saying, God, I'm more powerful than you are. I can handle this on my own. It's, it's pride. Some of us, <laughs> we're like, God, help me, please. Give me something to hold on to. And, you know, the story of, well, you know, the, the, the guy that was in the, in the storm and the flood, the flood uh, waters were rising. He was on top of his roof and saying, God, just get me out of this situation. And the helicopter came, dropped a, a basket. And he said, no, God's going to save me. And then he, there was a boat that was sent. Nope, God's going to show up. God's going to save me. You know, there's a guy that, that swam out there to have a, you know, a life-preserved jacket. Hey, here you go. Like, no, God's going to show up. Some of us, <laughs> we, and, and, and he talks to God. He's saying, God, why didn't you show? And he died. Why didn't you show up? And God's like, I sent a helicopter. I sent a motorboat. I sent the guy with the life jacket. And you chose not to receive because of pride. And God, I'm expecting you to show up. And God can show up in the ways that you didn't expect. You got you to reach out and say, God, is this you? But if you don't talk to him, how would you know? Okay. Number four. Repent of settling for a lukewarm relationship with God. First Peter 2, 9. For you are a chosen people. You are a royal priest. You're a royal priest, a holy nation, God's very own possession. Okay. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God for he has called you out of the darkness, not sitting on the fence, not just playing church. He's called you completely out of darkness and into his wonderful, amazing light. So some of us, we're kind of straddling that fence in that dark. We're in that we're kind of camouflaged in that darkness, whether we're at work, whether we're at school, whether we're even at home. And whether, if we have fear in our life, we're disguised saying, God, I don't trust you. God, I'm just going to blend in. Everybody's worrying about the economy. Everybody's worrying about this and that. So I guess I'm going to worry about it. I'm going to let fear control my life. And so when I go to church, I'm going to put on the happy face. I'm going to praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And then you go home, you worry. You let the enemy destroy your mind. Or, you, you know, you're clubbing, you're drinking, you're all this stuff, okay? You're living one life here, but then, you know what? I'm going I'm I'm to go out to the world. I'm just going to straddle that fence. Nobody can see me, okay? You're straddling that fence, putting yourself in that lukewarm state of, of, of spiritual being, okay? Saying, this is the time to sing, God, I repent of that lukewarm living. 
I'm, I'm, I'm so tired of, of living a life where I feel like I can, I have to live it by myself and, and provide for myself. God's saying, let me be a part of it. So the only thing you got to say, God, I repent of living that lukewarm life. Come into me, live in me. Okay. Um, number five, give yourself wholeheartedly to Jesus every single day. This is what true heart passion looks like. Okay. So how many of you know John 3, John 3, 16 from heart? Y'all say it for God. Man, you guys know that everybody, y'all didn't even have to look. They didn't even cheat. They didn't even put it on the screen. Let me read that for, for those uh, who are looking online. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Romans 5, 8 says, but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us. Listen to this. While we were sinners. So don't let the fact that maybe you've heard this, these verses so many times to keep you from soaking up the meaning of it and how incredible these verses are. God loved you, but he knew that he couldn't be with you because of sin. The next statement is, but he loved you so much that he gave his one and only son while we hated him, while we had nothing to do with him, while he wasn't even in our minds and while we were still sinners. Honestly, to me, that's true love. All right. I'm gonna make this practical. How, how many of you have a son or a daughter? Raise your hand. Okay. I'll hit this home. Some of you may have, have thought about this. Or maybe you haven't. Say you take your firstborn, take it aside, and you have this crowd of people at work or people that you know that absolutely hate you or despise you, always, always have it out to get you. But you take your son, and if you know that if you give them over to these people that actually hate you, that have nothing to do with you, and let them mutilate, totally destroy your own flesh and blood, that they can have a relationship with you and live with you forever. Now think about that. That's exactly what God did. He took his only son that he had and he gave it to mankind. People that were still in sins, people that spit on him, that plucked his beard out, that that beat him so bad that he was unrecognizable as a person. because he wanted to have a relationship with them. Honestly, that's, that's the kind of love that is completely, I will never truly understand that love. I have my, my beautiful daughter and I love her with all my heart. And I can't imagine giving my daughter over to say, all of us can relate to terrorists that want Americans dead saying, hey, you know what? I'm gonna give my daughter over to you and you can do whatever you want and kill her but I want a relationship with you. That's, that makes no logical sense, okay? But see, that's the love that Jesus has for each and every one of you. Even if you've walked away from God, even if you've turned your back on him, maybe you, maybe you are in that lukewarm state. God's saying, I wanna be a part of you. I love you. I gave everything that I had so that I can be with you. Honestly, I think that a full love, I don't, I don't, I, I believe that it's, that, our love for him should not be moderately warm for that kind of sacrifice. If you think about it, 
Like if somebody did that for me, I would want every, like, <laughs> I would want to give everything of my life to that person. Now, teenagers, if you're in here, you're like, ah, psh, I can't relate. I don't have a baby. I don't have a daughter. You better not. <laughs> uh, and so you're, th- you're sort of thinking, you know, I can't really relate to this. How many of you guys have like a pet dog, a pet kitten, pet rabbit, or something like that that you can, you can affect, have affection for? Take that same scenario and give that, give that precious dog, that kitten, that cat, that ferret, whatever it is, you give it over to these people that hate you, that bully you at school, okay, that, that, that have plotted and planned to, to take you down, maybe on social media or just they just they hate your guts. But you take that, that, that precious thing that you have and you give it over to these people that hate you because you know that if I give that over to them, they'll, they'll, they'll have a relationship with me. That's what Jesus did for you. And I believe that since he gave all of his love, I believe that we need to be given all that we have to him as well. It deserves all of our love. It doesn't deserve lukewarm love that we're giving him. And some of us, we're, we're stuck in that, in that mode, okay? So my next point is when we let ourselves get into our walk, I'm sorry, when we let ourselves get lukewarm in our walk with God, it's because we've come to a point where we're trying to live in two places at the same time. In the culture, the world says we should live in and in the culture, God says that we should live in. All right. So we tell ourselves that we can have a relationship with God while at the same time participating in the things that are contrary to the word of God. And then no, and we know that we're not supposed to do. Okay. We try to keep one foot on one side and the other foot on the other living. However, we want to on Monday through Saturday, going to church on Sunday, feeling guilty of our sins that we've committed maybe like the night before, but then Monday morning hits, we repent and we come right back to the vomit. Okay, that we've thrown up and that we know we're not supposed to go to. And some of us, we're living that same cycle over and over and over. And God's saying, hey, let's get off that hamster wheel. I want, I want, to, I want to have a, a true relationship with you. Stop living that lukewarm life. Let's go to C.S. Lewis and his quote. How many of you guys like C.S. Lewis? He's, he has so many good quotes. This is, if it's perfect, Christianity, if false, is of no importance. If true, of infinite importance. The one thing it cannot be is moderately important. Don't you agree? This is so very true. And, you know, it can be of no importance or it can be of infinite importance, but it cannot be nowhere in between. Um, So many of us are living as though God is moderately important in our life. To treat your relationship with God as only moderately important is a dangerous way to live. Um, Just a few weeks ago, I purchased a Jeep Wrangler. It's been my dream car, like my entire, like whenever I was 16, I always wanted a Jeep. And so, you know, a couple of, couple of weeks ago, I purchased it. And, you know, I actually, it's a stick shift. How many guys have ever driven a stick shift before? All right. How many guys own a stick shift right now? No, oh, it's very rare. Oh, nice. Nice. So it's very, yes. All right. So when you, even, even if, a, even if it's an automatic, Whenever you put it in neutral, whenever you take that gear and you put it in neutral, it's in no gear, you have no momentum, and you're at a light, and there's a hill, all right, and you let off that clutch, and you have it in neutral, what happens to the vehicle? 
It's going to go backwards. Sometimes I'm like freaked out because somebody has pulled up like this close to me. And I'm like, God, you're going to have to show up. I have to put that emergency brake on. But if, we're, if we in our spiritual life, if we don't have any momentum in our spiritual walk with God, if we're not seeking after God every single day, if we're not seeking after his word, if we're not engaging in his presence on a daily basis, and even here, if we don't have anything propelling us and we're putting our spiritual life in neutral, we're going to fall back. We're going we're gonna to fall away from God. We're going we're gonna to get into that lukewarm state of being. All right? But not only do we, do we affect our own spiritual walk, but what happens when you put it in neutral, you hit the person behind you. And then that trickles onto another person that, hit, that you hit. So if you think about the people that are looking at you, whether it be your kids, well, you know, I, I think about this on a daily basis. I, I'm a youth pastor. I have a bunch of kids that are looking at me as an example of Jesus. If I decide to say, you know what, I'm just going to slide on my convictions here and there. I'm going to put my life in a lukewarm state of, of being. And then I, I fall backwards and I fall away from God and my marriage falls apart and I leave the church. And How many kids does that affect? It, does, it doesn't just affect me. It affects my kids that, that follow after me. Okay, so you got to think about, you know what? Yeah, you know, I, I, I can live a lukewarm life and it, you know, I maybe fall away from God, but you know what? Other people are looking at you. And if you fall away from God, it's going to hurt people that are behind you that are following you. So you got to think about that as well. So um, in the end, it all boils down to, to one question. Do you believe what the Bible says is true? Do you believe that God loves you so much that he sent his only son to die for you? just so he could spend eternity with you. If you believe that, there's no way that you can continue to live a lukewarm life, okay? If you believe that all, if you believe all the things God says in his Bible are true, then there's no way you should be anything but excited. He loves you, he has a purpose for you, and he gave his only son for you. My next point is, it's impossible to live a lukewarm life when you get excited about all that God has done for you, okay? My next point is, you are the only one who gets to choose your heat index in your life. I'm gonna say this verse again, 1 Peter 2, 9. It says, for you are chosen people, you are royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he has called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. So you can decide today how you're gonna live. You can either live on fire for God, passionately in love with you, with with God. But if you choose to be on fire for God, some really amazing things will start to happen in your life. My next statement is fire shines brightly in the darkness, no matter what it's around. Okay? So think about who is your sphere of influence? Who are the people that are around you all the time? Are you blending in? to that darkness or are you standing out and whatever whatever you stand against whatever you're standing around it ignites fire you know i took a a a test a spiritual gift quest test and every time that i take it it, you know it 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 pits me as as a youth pastor and then my secular job if i didn't have a uh you know if i wasn't working in 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 the church it says that i would be a drug rehab specialist (laughs) for some reason i'm like god i've never done drugs i've never been an alcoholic but for some reason, and this is totally true in my life, alcoholics and drug addicts are always drawn to me. 
And I'm just thinking, I'm like, God, why is that? I have nothing to offer them. And God says, it's the way you burn your fire. And so you got to examine your fruit. Are people wanting to be around you? Are are, are the lost wanting to, to come to you? Are you bearing fruit? Are people wanting more of God when they're around you? Okay, think about that. All right. So they'll notice something different about you, even without asking you. There's just something about that person that I just want to follow. Okay. And if you choose to live this life of, of being on fire for God, it can get you out of a life that is mildly warm and totally on fire for God. Amen. Amen.